sit back and relax. You're listening to episode 183 of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. This podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. My guest for this episode was Julie Littlechild, founder and CEO of Absolute Engagement. Now, Julie founded uh, this company almost nine years ago, mainly uh, offering a client survey tool and really laser-focused on improving uh, referrals for advisors. And they've been very successful. Uh, They've recently launched a new product called the Advice Engagement Engine, which is a sort of combination of advice engagement tools and workflow automation. And we're going to be talking about it more in the episode. Uh, Julie is also the author uh, the author of the bestseller, The Pursuit of Absolute Engagement, which is a book you can, I'm sure you can buy on their website. And uh, before starting Absolute Engagement, she was the founder of another similar company called Advisor Impact, which also built client survey tools. So Julie's really been perfecting the process of gathering and analyzing client feedback and building referrals for advisors for over 25 years. And if you are an executive of a wealth tech firm that's selling software to RIAs, broker dealers, asset managers, TAMPs, or others, then you should run, not walk, to our website, EzraGroupLLC.com, and fill out the Get in Touch form on the homepage. Our industry experts can deliver a wide range of advice, including competitive analysis, new product evaluations, market insights, and strategic advice, client buying decisions, integration, development services, and more. Every vendor needs these things to be successful, especially when entering new markets. And you can get on the right track by going to EzraGroupLLC.com. A few quick housekeeping notes before we continue. Here at Ezra Group, we support a number of nonprofit organizations that do fantastic work for a variety of causes. One you should check out is the Invest in Others Foundation, which you can learn more about at investinothers.org. Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Now, let's kick this thing off. I'm super excited to invite uh, our next guest on the program. It is Julie Littlechild, founder and CEO of Absolute Engagement. Hey, Julie, welcome. Thank you so much. Thrilled to be here. I am always happy to talk to you. And this is not your first time on the program, right? You're you're a veteran wealth tech. I'm a, uh, yeah, ow, absolutely. This is, I'm a, a two-peter. Right. A multiple, you're a multiple Peter. <laughs> yeah, you've been here. You know what, you know the deal. I Where know the deal. Where are you calling in from, Julie? I'm uh, at my home office just outside Toronto, so enjoying a little time at home, which is not a bad thing at all. I love Toronto. I haven't been there pre-COVID, but can't wait to go back when it's summer, when it's nice out. Summer's better. Spring and fall are awesome. You know, there are a few months you want to avoid, let's face it. Let's face it. There's a few months we just don't want to do. (laughs) We We don't talk about those. In Canada at any point in time, unless I got my snowboard. <laughs> True. Then I'm in good shape. Cool. Uh, let's just jump right in, Julie. Can you provide the listeners 30 second overview or the 30 second elevator pitch for absolute engagement? Absolutely. So our focus is on revealing and responding to the feelings, needs, and priorities of prospects and clients giving advisors the tools to respond to those things in real time and ultimately to drive personalized engagement at scale. Was that 30 seconds? 
Do I need some filler? It's pretty close. Pretty, pretty close. close. All right. All and right. I like how when you when you initiate when you introduce absolute engagement, I say, give me the thirty second elevator pitch. You go absolutely because it's absolute. see, it's 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 on brand. <laughs> keep it, keep it that way. I like it. And and up until now, you've mainly focused on uh, referrals and and client surveys, and you've recently recently launched a new product. Can you tell us what that is? Yes. Yeah, so the absolute engagement engine or the engagement engine is all about, it's still about capturing direct input from clients and prospects at its core. The difference with what we're doing now is helping advisors capture what I would refer to as contextually relevant input at each stage of the client journey. So as a lead is visiting a website, as a prospect is coming in for a meeting, as a new client is onboarded or a client is coming in for a review, it's all about what do we need to understand about that client in that moment and how do we need to respond based on what they're thinking and feeling. Yeah, it's That's so important to to organize this and to bring this all into more of an automated process. Did you, did you find that more clients are struggling with doing it manually? Yeah, and I think that was that was a big part of the driver for us is in a way what we're helping advisors do is have better, deeper, more engaging conversations at the right time and deliver a better experience. Now you could argue, and I, I would I would never disagree that advisors are often quite good at having good conversations. I mean, for many of them, that's their superpower, right? And so in no world would I say we're, we think we can replace that. But what we did observe is that to do that consistently, to do it at the right time, to do it in a way that appreciated that, that client feelings and needs are changing, um, was was challenging. And so what we tried to do is say, look, how can we make this more efficient and more effective so that advisors can focus on exactly the right things when they're in those conversations? And full disclosure for everyone listening, I'm on the advisory board of Absolute Engagement. So we've heard about this product for a while. I'm super excited that it's here. And one of the big issues, one of the big Parts of the product, I thought the benefits of the product, I thought were going to be driving uh, the sales is that it's real time, that in the past, they've had to wait weeks or months to get the data. Now they can get it right away in real time. Almost. So what's the what's the benefit you see in having that over the old method? It, it has to do, I think, with the relevance of the response. So. Look, we've done surveys, as you mentioned, for many years. I'm a believer in gathering feedback. And the traditional method of doing that would be a point-in-time survey. Maybe it's once a year. I have some clients who say once every 10 years. <laughs> you know, there's a range on that. But, you know, there's a point in time. And it's a one-to-many survey, right? So we we survey all of our clients. And there's there's some real benefits to that if you want to measure satisfaction or you want to understand expectations. But the limitation is if you're trying to go deeper, if you're trying to understand what people are feeling, what they're concerned about, that's very specific to a, a to the time. It's very fluid and it's different within couples. And so the survey just doesn't work for that. I can't 
ask you, I mean, imagine, Craig, we were having a, a meeting. I was your advisor. And I said, look, uh, four months ago, you filled in a, a survey and you told me you're a bit concerned about this. Can we talk? But you go, like, that was four months ago. I changed the next day. <laughs> so it, what was missing in that is for certain types of data, we need it to be relevant to the time of the conversation and we need it to be one-to-one -one or within couples. Otherwise, it's it's stale data. And the way data is moving these days, even a couple hours sometimes makes a difference. Sometimes, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that is that is the challenge. And at least it it allows you to open up a conversation to say, look, as, as you were coming in for our review, this is how you responded and how you were feeling. This is how your spouse or partner responded, which is a really important part of it. And, and here, therefore, here are the conversations that we need to have right now. And, and so that's what we're trying to make more effective and efficient. With so many different tools out there, it's important to have a, one that can really help your, your firm grow. And especially the growth engine of many firms is referrals and is mm -hmm. leads and is prospecting. So it is. Yeah. How do Sorry, you see I, that? I cut you no, off. I was, I was just saying, how, how do you see that connecting with the product you, you've already have, which is the survey tool. So how do, how do they sort of link together? Well, the, the way they, there's two, two things there I think that are important. The way they link together is that there is still a place often for that point in time or occasional set of questions that you want to ask all of your clients. So that is one of the features. We can still deliver on that. Uh, so traditionally, it might be firms that say we want to you know, we want to measure satisfaction or we want to measure net promoter score. We want to pull testimonials out of that perhaps more more recently. That makes absolute sense to do that on an occasional basis. You mentioned referrals. That's the other thing that I think on an occasional basis is great to pull out those untapped opportunities. You don't do, need to do it at every conversation, but it works well. So that became one of the features of the overall engine. We can gather that one one time or point in time data, but we can also add in that more real time one to one data. And growth, I guess I'd just sort of pick up on your comment on growth. The other limitation of the traditional client survey is it's a client survey, right? It didn't actually account for capturing input from prospects. And yet, if we can capture input about how our leads and prospects are feeling and what they think and what's on their mind, that's going to drive growth as well because it's going to make for a more powerful conversation. Yeah, the word feeling is so broad and it's hard to know what someone is feeling, but knowing what they're feeling is often the difference between a client who converged, a who, who converts, a prospect who converts into a client versus someone who ghosts you or just moves on to something else. It is. And it's, it's an interesting challenge because I think every advisor would go, of course, we need to know how people feel. And whenever I meet with a prospect or whenever I meet with a client, the first thing I'm going to ask is, what do you want to discuss and how are you feeling right now? Hmm. The problem is we're human and we don't answer those questions particularly well. Hmm. If you ask me how I'm feeling, I say, I'm fine. Things are fine. And then we tick that box and we move on. I think the beauty of, of what we're trying to help advisors do is to capture that data 
before the meeting to give the prospect and client some time to consider not a set of questions. We don't say what's on your mind and what are you concerned about? We we give, we feed them, right? So we we try to tease out the issues and and that's what makes it so effective is that now you're sitting down as an advisor and you've already got that insight. You can go straight to the core of what's important. One of the benefits of a tool like the Absolute Engagement Engine, in my mind, is that it levels the playing field. Because advisors are human, as you mentioned, we should, mm-hmm. we should let's emphasize that advisors are human, yes, which means they there's are. very big differences in their capabilities and their abilities and, and, and how they interact. So some people are more empathetic. Some people just have that innate ability to connect with other people on a, on a mm-hmm. certain level or pick up nonverbal cues or verbal cues and understand mm-hmm. their feelings right away. But I think a lot of people don't have that ability. So I think a tool like yours, would you agree, can level the playing field and raise up the ability of a lot of advisors who maybe don't have those innate capabilities? Yeah, I love that point, actually, because you're you're so right. We we talk about it as if everybody does, but these are this is a different skill set, right? This is very much the softer side of what advisors do, and we're talking a lot more about the human side of advice. This is part of that, right? And and you're right. It it makes it easier and it makes it more comfortable so that you're starting with that information. You don't have to tease it out. That's a completely different skill set. And, and you know what? I think it makes it easier for clients as well, because by just answering a set of questions, they've effectively told you how they're feeling without it, it feeling overly intrusive. One uh, area I wanted to talk about was where your product, where the the uh, engagement engine fits, uh, what category it falls under. We had this discussion earlier, and yeah. as everyone knows, I uh, partner with Michael Keatsis on, on the Keatsis Ezra Group Advisor Tech Map, which just dropped, uh, the April version of it just dropped this week, and we put, we put everyone in a category. Now, yeah. sometimes it's easy. Hey, you're a financial planning tool. Boom. Financial planning category. Yeah. Simple. Yep. Sometimes it's hard because applications have multiple functionalities that are integrated. And we initially put your uh, this engine in the workflow support category because it does mm-hmm. a lot of workflow. It's a, it's a, mm-hmm. it connects different parts of your of your of the advisor's um, uh, 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 applications together. It, it's got it, it fits seamlessly into into existing workflows. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it automates a lot of things. But you. Um, mentioned you you said well why aren't we in the advice engagement category can you mm-hmm. explain why you feel it should be in an engagement versus workflow mm-hmm. and it's you know i've been thinking a lot about it because the way as you explain it i completely understand both sides of it and and it's an it, so it's an interesting question for me as well i think from an advice engagement perspective this is not about delivering better technical advice right so i want to be clear about that mm-hmm. It is about delivering more contextually relevant advice and ensuring that advisors have the the tools and the opportunity to have the best possible conversation. So that's where that's where I was thinking of it. Mm-hmm. The workflow piece is is interesting to me as well, and and I. The best example I can give there and maybe what leads it, you know, and you to think of it in this category is 
you could say, look, I've got a a great experience, a great process for setting client reviews. We've got eight steps and Mary does this and it's all automated and wonderful, very efficient process. What's usually missing from that is client input. (laughs) So we work with two different types of advisors, those that have a workflow and we're trying to make it better by injecting the voice of the client into that, co-creating the agenda, focusing on the right things. We also work with some who don't have a workflow in that sense, don't have a standardized agenda, and we're, we become that workflow, if you will. And so the main difference for me and what I'm interested uh, from your perspective is there is a workflow component without doubt. And what's been missing from workflows generally is the voice of the client in, in all of this. So we do have these workflows. Similarly, you could use the tool to create a completely different poll. Right? It could be completely configured. We're, I don't know, we're doing a workshop. What should what are the topics you're interested in? You know, we could do pulse polls, we could do other sorts of things. So it's a little broader in that sense. It's sort of like the old Saturday Night Live commercial. It's a dessert topping. It's a floor wax. It's both. <laughs> some, well, of it's a... and some of your ice cream sundae. <laughs> but that isn't, don't you find that as you build out this map to be the big challenge? I know we did as we were launching this new tool to say it does so much and that's good and bad, right? Because it, it does so much. And yet it's really those specific use cases that seem to resonate more. You can use this tool to drive growth. You can use this to drive engagement. You can use it to measure the relationship. And um, and I have to imagine that's where the confusion of advisors sits as well as they look at the array of options now. Yeah, it's, it's becoming more complicated. In, in the past, in this map, uh, Michael started the map in 2017 mm-hmm. and there were fewer categories then yeah. and fewer applications and mm-hmm. things have expanded and we created the advice engagement category sort of as a catch-all yes we, we had a bunch of applications that we didn't know where to put them because they didn't fit neatly into any of the other buckets so our companies like asset map and fp alpha and forward lane mm-hmm. um we they, yeah, they didn't fit in there. Bento engine. Uh, well, mm-hmm. it's 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 grown. FP FP Pathfinder, right? Yep. Uh, Elements Lumiant are now all in that category. But it was only two or three. It was only three or four when we started, and right. more have have come about. And now firms are seeing. Now we're getting calls from vendors. How do we get into the advice engagement category? Right, isn't that it's, interesting? It's become a hot category now. People, oh, that's what we do. We, we do engagement. Yeah. Yes, put us in there. Yeah. Like, well, everyone kind of does that. And, and especially your firm, it's in the name yeah. of your company. It's, it's about engagement. That much I'll say for sure. <laughs> absolutely. It's absolutely. Absolutely. About <laughs> see, see. We're here. So I, I can see it could be, it could be an either. And mm-hmm. it's, it's it, a case can be made either way. And I think for a lot yeah. of companies that are, that are listening to this, if, if you're thinking about what category you should be in, if it's not, immediately clear sometimes it's better to be in in the category with less vendors that people can find you easier than being in a a more crowded category where it's like i don't know what what the pick here there's just too many so that's another it's a it's a marketing tool in in some respects 
And this is, but I think this is representative of the challenge we see for advisors, because at the end of the day is what are, what are the objectives? What are the problems they're trying to solve? And that's going to help them choose the tools that are right. So it's complicated because it's complicated, right? There's just, and there are new objectives being met and new categories presumably being created. I, I do a fair bit of work uh, on different judging panels and the number of categories explodes year mm. after year after year same issue yeah it's an evolution uh, as in any field people keep coming in new ideas come in people look at things differently sometimes people come in from other industries and see it with a different point right. of view and it, it's, a, it's a slow it's a slow um, um migration or evolution yeah. over time we rarely yeah. see completely new things come in occasionally right. um, completely new things come in and, and you know disrupt the status quo but that's not common and right so that's that so we, we've added categories in fact the two categories we're talking about now workflow support and advice engagement didn't exist last year on the map so those are right. brand new so it's, yeah. a, it's a constant change as we see more vendors coming in in different areas that uh, encourages us to say well we're, these don't really fit like we were talking about CRM and right. I, want, I want to talk about how the engagement engine connects to CRM, mm -hmm. but we were talking about a CRM versus CRM overlay. And what does that mean? Yeah. But then this, and it's, it becomes very semantic, a semantic discussion about what is actually an overlay. Is it an app exchange app where I can just plug it into my existing Salesforce implementation or, or, or Salesforce instance, or is it a whole nother version of Salesforce? If they built it so customized yeah. that I really have to do a whole conversion, it's not the right. same thing. So it's not really an overlay, but it requires Salesforce. So it kind of is. So, but how do you, how does absolute engagement engine integrate with Sierra? So, you know, we had to make some decisions as we were building this out right now. It's a, you would have a label for it with with your with your map, but it's it's often just SSO or a light kind of integration. But that is that is one of the biggest things that we're looking at right now. So we we built as a standalone to start, and that was a conscious to decision to say we need to know what this does and how it can impact advisors and get them using it, and then. We want to focus on integration, which is exactly where we're at. And we're gathering insights. I, I, I don't know if you find this, but everyone has a different definition of what integration is. So what we're looking at is at a minimum being able to not recreate workflows that already exist in the CRM, being able to push sort of insights and documents and whatnot into CRM. But at, at the most fundamental level, what we wanted to ensure was the CRM was the source of truth on contact data. We In no world did we want to say we've got two lists of clients who are participating. So that's where we started. And, and we're now just at that point of looking for, you know, how can we, we don't want another app. We don't want another platform. We want to work within those workflows where possible. Uh, so, you know. That's that's how we see it flowing going forward and, and more to come. But equally, we're looking at integrations with um, marketing platforms, email distribution. You know, we capture a lot of information on what people are concerned about and what they're interested in. Well, in my mind, that should trigger some customized nurture and follow up based on those topics. 
Uh, and then there's just the basic sort of BI is there, you know, what data is feeding into the leadership team on satisfaction or net promoter and those sorts of things. So there's a few different areas we're looking at there. I love that. And you've come to the right place if you're looking for a, a definition of integrations. I know. <laughs> at Ezra Group, we created the Wealth Tech Integration Score just for that reason, because no one really knew what an integration was or how to measure it. And we had spent years and years working with vendors and very frustrated clients who didn't know what integrated with what, even when the vendor told them. And a lot yeah. of times they would um, have built a bunch of SSOs and claim they have integrations. Right. And SSO is really, really not much of an integration. In, in our scoring, it's the basic, it's a one out of five. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's a good place to start. And it makes sense that you started out with the standalone app and you're adding the integrations now. Yeah. And you know what? I know that, the the work you're doing there is helpful for advisors. It's really helpful for vendors, I can assure you, because it gives us a way to think about it in a more clear and structured way. So I uh, so thank you for that. Hey, you're welcome. Anything we can do to help. <laughs> but along the way, so you're talking about CRMs that you don't want to recreate the workflow. So the CRM as a source of truth, which is perfect. That's how most other vendors are doing it as well. Uh, they're mm -hmm. not trying to replace the CRM, but they want to interact with it, send data to it, pull data from it. And yes. we're seeing advisors spending more time than they used to. They used to spend a lot of time in the CRM, and now these other tools are front-ending the CRM, and they're spending more time in the advice engagement tool or the workflow tool or the or the meeting uh, automation tool, and then the CRM just becomes a back-end database. Is that something you're yeah. seeing as well? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you just sort of touched on something that I'm really excited about with the future around different data flows. Like we, we know the data we capture. We're very clear on that. And, but what excites me is how we can combine that with other data sources going forward. So if you just took our data at a point in time, you come in, you're a client, I've got great insights on how you're feeling. The next time you come in, I've got even more insight because now I see change. You add your spouse into that. I've got so even with our data, the longer term we're capturing that, obviously, the more insights we can drive uh, to the advisor. We've always known that. But then we're talking to some of our clients about how do we connect this now to the back end so that we can see the impact. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I don't use the word predictive lightly in any sense of the word, but the ability to see how clients are responding as they're coming in and if or how that connects to fund flows or or leaving or risk or what have you, that to me is a really kind of cool part of the future. Absolutely. I'd like to see that the, the, when you're pulling in the needs, feelings, priorities of leads and prospects, how you categorize those. And then can that be, uh, can an AI identify patterns between the feelings, priorities of a lead when they are a lead versus their actions when they become a client and following exactly. them over the years. So does it change? Would we, it's like, and only an AI can do that, looking at all yeah. the data across your, depending on the size of your firm, could be hundreds or thousands or thousands, yep. not a thousand, hundreds or thousands of clients over years or decades. Here's how yep. they came in as a lead. Now here's what, what the outcome of them is oh they left after a year or well, they're our best yep. clients and we're so those type of patterns i think would be very helpful 
They are. And there's a couple of core indices that we created. One is around confidence and one is around concerns where we calculate a score. Um, and we also have an alignment score between between couples. And so just having that snapshot. So you're going into a meeting and you can see that graph. Here's how Bob responded. Here's how Mary responded. Here's how it's changed over time is going to drive uh, far different and I think more interesting and relevant conversations. And that's why I did do lean towards putting you in the advice engagement category because a lot of other engagement tools do similar things, you know, different bits and pieces where they'll try to help the advisor communicate with the non-CFO spouse. Yeah. And I love that. So that's what I love about this. There's a lot of people looking at the same issues, but from different perspectives. Lumiant has some great stuff around that. Um, and so I would agree completely we need to do that. We just look at it from, you know, different parts of, of the journey. Uh, but I think there's, I've seen a couple lately where they've come out with, you know, like capturing a couple of data points on clients and being able to have a, a conversation. I love that stuff. We're really looking at the overtime piece of it and, and, and how that changes the conversation. So it's that data plus the workflow and um, you know, that's where the magic happens. I think. Speaking of overtime, what mm. trends are you seeing in the market? What, what data points do you have that you can share about that, that back that up? So, we, you know, our focus is obviously very much on experience and engagement. We do our annual investor study every year, go right across channel, across country. We're just about to go into field with <clears throat> the current one. And and what has always captured our imagination and, and has sort of informed what we do is, you know, the basic idea of satisfaction versus engagement. We know that 90% plus of clients are satisfied. We know that they're loyal that's not our issue. We see that engagement, which we define more as both satisfied and providing referrals, is relatively low. So there's there are some gaps, there's some opportunities. What I found most compelling about the data over the last few years is we began to sort of scratch below the surface on how people were, were feeling. And you, it would be no surprise to you if I said we segmented the data by age. So no surprise, younger people want more digital. I mean, everybody says that and it's true. That's why they say that. But what I noticed is that the older segment was vastly different in terms of mindset. So the things that they were worried about, their concerns, their priorities, the level of stress, particularly in the 45 to 54 year old segment were vastly different from every other segment. And that had a negative halo effect on satisfaction and loyalty and net promoter score. So I think you know what the data is showing us just in those examples is A, we need to be on top of changing expectations because we've got to deliver that, but we've got to go deeper to understand what's really on their mind. Otherwise we've got client segments who may be at risk right now and they happen to be some of our most important clients because they're heading into retirement and if we're not capturing that change they may look elsewhere or they'd be open to another conversation that is an issue that all advisors have mm -hmm. right and they all run into that you know then it's with that especially that that age segment 
exactly and that and to me that's that underpins a lot of the experience trends so we look at uh, a trend toward a more co-created client experience where the the client has a which is exactly what we're doing the client has a role in defining the agenda for example a uh, personalization look it's not, i'm not the first to say that and i won't be the last but I think it's an incredibly important part of how we need to deliver the experience going forward. And I think technology is making this possible in a way it, it didn't in the past. Uh, and even, you know, maybe related to that, there's been a lot of talk around how technology can support a very human process, right? How, how can technology actually help us have deeper conversations and support clients in a different way? there's a lot of innovation in all of these areas. And, and I think that's because those are the trends that, that we're seeing in the data as well. That's exactly what we're looking for. If, uh, can you talk about the, um, the, we're running out of time, but I want to squeeze mm -hmm. in one more question. Uh, what's on the roadmap for the absolute engagement engine this year? Yeah, so so three big things. We've talked about integration, and that is very much at the top of the list. Um, expanding the notion of who responds from an individual or a couple to the entire family. So really looking at the multi-generational input and how that drives the plan and process and uh, and leaning into that data and analysis over time to get uh, to get deeper insights. So all of that's really kind of consuming us in terms of the development plans. Terrific. All right. So we're we're out of time. Uh, Julie, tell us where we can find out more about the uh, the engine. Absoluteengagement.com. There's information on the product. You can see our blog and access any of our ongoing research there. Julie, thank you so much for being on the program. It is always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Hey, it's Craig again. Here are my top three takeaways from this episode. Helping advisors um, deliver a better, deeper, more engaging conversation at the right time and delivering a better experience is something that the Absolute Engagement team is really working hard on. We're pretty excited to see um, my second takeaway, the Advice Engagement Engine, that's really helping to level the playing field between those advisors that have very strong skill sets uh, with um, empathy and working with clients uh, you know, more personally and understanding their needs and feelings and those maybe that don't. So it's delivering contextually relevant advice related to client personalities and advisors' people skills. Now on the advisor tech map, we have the absolute engagement engine categorized under workflow support, but it could just as easily have been in advice engagement. And finally, the uh, advice in the absolute engagement engine will be integrated into the popular CRM platforms without replicating their workflow functionality. It will enhance them uh, rather than compete with them, according to Julie. And that's it. You've reached the end of another episode. Please go to our website, ezragroupllc.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and sign up for our newsletter. Once a month, you'll receive an email chock full of wealth management goodness, news, information, analysis, and maybe a surprise or two. You will not be disappointed. Thanks for listening again and talk to you all next time.